You are listening to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. Here are your hosts, Trevor Mueller and Jake Grant. Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. My name is Trevor Mueller. His name is Jake Grant. We are like JP and Abraham. We got to start doing a little bit better here, bud. This is sports. Think JP and Abraham J- Toro. JP and Abraham. JP uh, Crawford and Abraham Toro. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Nailed it. You, you got it, buddy. <laughs> Gotti. Got Gotti. Gotti. Uh, hey, how about the Mariners? How about them, man? They're, I they're mean, staying, they're staying relevant. How about you don't lose th- uh, three out three of out four? Of four. Three out of four from the Royals. Woof. Yeah. So my my if you my, don't do that, you're in a lot better position. Totally agree. Uh, Salvador Perez is not welcome in Seattle anymore. Uh, oh. He hit four home runs in four games. So uh, hasta la vista to that guy. Um, I, my sister in law's boyfriend and I went up to two of the games. He's a he's from Kansas, so he's a big Royals guy, and he's watching the game like, how are you guys in a playoff hunt (laughs) with the lineup with so many ones in the average. Yeah. And I was like, "Uh, you know, it's all about that long ball. See us rise, baby. It's all about the long long ball. Uh, Houston's asking them the same question about us. Yeah. Yeah. Then come back. You lose three to four to um, Kansas city. You come back and you take, two of three from Houston. You take that all day. Plus Abraham Toro obviously traded for Kendall Graveman. Hits a grand slam to win four. Off of Kendall Graveman. Off of Kendall Graveman. That's (laughs) all the gifts of uh, Jerry DePoto, like the Wolf of Wall Street. Like, (gasps) you got to love it. We're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, and then he got an extension, so good for him. Um, All right, so we're here to talk about Seattle's darling. And, of course, that's the Washington Huskies finally get to play um, a game in front of fans again, a regular season game that matters, a non-conference game with a full season ahead of us. Of course, we're talking about the Montana Grizzlies coming to town. I've never been more excited to host somebody from Montana since Garden Memoir. Jake, what are your initial thoughts on playing uh, Montana? I don't think much. Um, You know, my, my knowledge of Montana football goes back to the days of watching my cousin play for Eastern Washington. Yeah. And, and they had some really good battles and it seemed like pretty decent football at the time. Um, Montana doesn't have the, the talent or the coaching staff that Washington has. And then you're going to, you're going to witness it. Right. Yeah, and I mean they're they're gonna contend in their division, but mm-hmm. you got to think about and obviously there's still spectacular athletes there. I mean yeah. anybody who's playing Division One football, Division Two football, Division Three football are athletes. Um, yes. But the caliber of athlete you're gonna find there, um, and really in the trenches is where you're gonna see the difference. Because yeah. if you look at the, have you seen the heights of the Montana receivers? They're six. They're like five eight. No, they're big. 
Oh, are they big? They're six four. They're six wow. three. They're big guys. But when you look at that line, it's just it's lean. Yeah. And uh, that's where Washington, I think, is going to really take advantage and and make this a quick a quick game where by halftime you're you're looking to see whether it's going to be uh, the transfer from Colorado State or Sam Heward coming out to uh, you know quarterback the offense. See, and I I. <laughs> We kind of talked about it in, in the pick show. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. I don't think it's going to be quite be halftime when we start to see our, our you know, three deeps come in. Sure. Um, I, the way that Washington has played against FCS opponents is slow and steady wins the race. Right. Don't go and blow them out by 60. We're not Alabama. We don't schedule them right before the Iron Bowl or right. our Apple Cup. Um, you know, it's a two-night game for us. We're really focused on running the ball and seeing what we do well. And then we're focused on our defense, locking everything down. Um, so do I see them being up by 30 at halftime? No, I see them being up by like 14 at halftime. And then third quarter, we'll, we'll put it on them a little bit more and then – I, I really don't think we're going to win by uh, more than 21, really. Right. Yeah, and that's what you said in your pick show, so I'm glad you're sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's kind of where we're, where we're at in the game. Uh, I think that both of us think it's going to be a, a game where it's never in question. Washington's going to come out and do what they're going to do. Uh, what, what we're going to have a, quick, a, a conversation about, though, is the two deeps because – uh there's there's also you always take two deeps with a grain of salt because outside a quarterback anybody can move around at any point um the other place where you don't see a ton of movement during a game is the offensive line uh but other than that you're you're gonna see you're gonna see some guys move in and out edifano lafuccio you're not gonna see him come out very much uh but jackson sermon you could absolutely see coming out at times um, so let's start with the, um, with the offensive side of the ball, Jake, I'm going to run through the, the starters on at the skill positions. And I'll, I just want your take on that. Um, obviously first up, we have Dylan Morris starting at quarterback. Uh, that's no surprise. It's the first time there hasn't been a quarterback controversy. It seems like at Washington since, uh, you know, Jake Browning left, um, where, you know, Last year, we didn't know who the starter was going to be until they walked out onto the field. Except for Jake, I did. Yeah, you absolutely did. did. You knew year. You knew a year in advance. It was crazy. Um, so, you know, do you have anything to add there? I don't know if there's anything else we haven't already said. No, I. Dylan Morris is a good quarterback, and I heard he's made leaps and bounds, and I'm excited to see him. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, next I up, I want to see where the handcuffs are. Yes. That's my, that's what I want to witness is where the handcuffs are. How loose are those handcuffs? You're probably also not going to see that this week. The way you're going to see that is next week. Yeah. Um, next up running back, there has been a change. Sean McGrew, Kamari Pleasant are no longer listed as the starters. They're listed as the backups. The two starters that are listed are Richard Newton and Cameron Davis. And we kind of saw this coming. Uh, the cream is rising to the top. You're still going to see Sean McGrew, I think quite a bit. Uh, but the bell cow guys that are going to carry the load for this team, 
uh, is going to be the guys that you're going to see for the next two to three years. You know, I've always really liked Sean McGrew. Um, I I think he's got a really unique uh, um, skill set. And I really, I truly think that he's going to be your, your every game third down back. He's got really good hands out of the backfield. He's kind of like, he's kind of like a Max Borgie without the potential of all the touches and the size. Yeah. I mean, he's smaller, but he's got phenomenal receiving skills behind him. And I think he'd be a a really great third. Kamari Pleasant is, I, I haven't been shy about my distaste for Kamari Pleasant. Right. Um, I think you're going to kind of see him get lost in the shuffle here. Uh, there's a lot of running backs and there's a lot of really good, talented players. If Sean McGrew has the third down uh, role locked in, that leaves first and second down. And Richard Newton and Cam Davis kind of, like you said, they kind of rose to the top. And, and you knew that was going to come at some point. It, to me, it just seemed a little bit sooner than we expected. Well, and you can see Kamari maybe getting some, a few a few touches here and there. But, I mean, honestly, I don't think you're going to see him even garbage time because garbage, you know, that garbage time is meant for young guys young who guys. Are, are coming in. So would you rather give that touch to a guy who's a sixth-year senior who's about to leave, or would you rather give it to Jadavi on Sunday? Right. Right. Um, so moving on to the receiver position, this one um, obviously was made a little bit more of a question mark with uh, Jalen McMillan going down. He is listed on the depth chart as a as a backup, but my money, if I was putting money on it, I'd say you're not going to see him uh, week one. So instead, yeah. in his spot, you have Jalen Polk as the starter, uh, Terrell Bynum, obviously, and then Roma Dunze rounding up the top three. Uh, behind him, you have Taj Javis, you have Giles Jackson, you have Sawyer Racanelli. Um, I don't want to miss any, but those are the ones listed there. Uh, you, you're you're going to see a lot of guys playing. You're going to see a lot of guys getting reps. You're going to see a lot of guys blocking because eventually the guys who block are going to be playing in those big spots. Yeah, unfortunately for Jalen McMillan, being hurt right now really gives Jalen Polk a really a decent tryout for that other starting position. I think, I think Terrell Bynum is the only player in the wide receiver room that has a solidified starting spot. Uh, I'd say Ruben Dunze probably as well. I disagree. I don't think so. I I think I, my opinion, I don't think Roma Dunze has done enough. Sure. Okay. I can see what you're saying. To to justify its starting spot, just hand it to him. He's played four games. I get it. Right. Um, Jalen Polk going out there and absolutely showing out versus Montana is and and getting that game time at the UW is going to really help, especially for the Michigan game because of the next week and and Jalen McMillan won't have that game under his belt. So, um, you know, I I'm bummed for Jalen McMillan. I was really looking forward to him kind of catching the stride this year uh and it might still happen it just might happen a little bit slower than we all wanted the thing about Roma Dunze and and, and Jalen McMillan as well as I mean their last year is our true freshman year and the two guys did something that a lot of those upperclassmen outside of Terrell Bynum really had a hard time doing and that was they were able to get separation yeah. and I think once you know they they get used to the speed of the ball um, they, they get more sure hands though. Those guys are both going to be all pack 12 contributors. 
Um, it sucks that he's down now, but I think with his athleticism and his upside, he's still going to be a big time contributor if he's able to come back this year. He's just so fast, you know, it's going to, it's going to happen for him. Right. Um, obviously the tight end position, uh, it starts and ends with Kate Otten. Uh, but there's definitely some guys behind him. Uh, Mark Redman is listed as a backup. Then you have Jack Westover, who's more of that uh, fullback, but can also catch a ball. We've seen him catch some one-handed passes in camp this year. And then behind him, uh, not not a fullback, but uh, Devin Culp as well. You're going to see all four of those guys on the field uh, this season, at least those four. Yeah. Yeah, Quentin Moore potentially. Yes, Absolutely. You know, uh, that guy's a really special talent, and I, I don't think you can keep him off of the field. Right. Um, especially in, you know, he could be your fifth wide receiver and your five wide receiver set. I mean, that's right. kind of the skill set that he has. Um, obviously, Kate Otten would is your, I think, your number one receiver. Yes. I, you know, and, it's and close. yeah, it's not. And, and the fact that he's your number one receiver, but he's also, an incredibly well-rounded tight end speaks wonders to him. Um, right. You know, I mean, we, I, I drew over him almost everywhere and I don't feel like I need to do it this early in the year. Like, let's save it for later. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance by the end of the year, if Washington does what we hope they do, you might have a Kate Otten tattoo on your arm. It's, <laughs> I mean, you I, have the stencil drawn. Do you want me to just book the appointment now? He's got a rose in his teeth. <laughs> uh, I like I'd that. pay for it. We can crowdsource I, it. Dang. That's, I mean, that's a big commitment, bud. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to like tattoo my wife's name on me, but then like another dude that I've never even met before. Be like, You'd have Cade. a conversation starter if you met him. Cade. 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 <laughs> Here's, here's one that's interesting. Um, and, and, you know, all the guys that we've already mentioned outside the quarterback, you're going to see the guys behind on the field at some point. This other spot, you know, maybe in the Montana game you will, but as we get into the teeth of the schedule, uh, Jimmy Lake's going to roll with the five offensive linemen that best fit together. And we've, mm-hmm. we've had one move. Um, so left tackle, obviously Jackson Kirkland, he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Uh, left guard, there has been a change. Julius Buelo, uh, six foot eight, massive human being, is now the starting left guard. He took uh, Ulumu or MJ Ale's position. So uh, Ale has some uh, versatility that will allow him to move around the line if need be. That's uh, really important. Luke Wattenberg, obviously going to be your center. He's a, a sixth year senior. Henry Bainavalu, another really highly touted really has shown it at the division one level that he's a really good pulling guard and then Victor Kern. And I mean, these guys are all six foot three, 315 is the smallest one of them. So uh, they're big. They're, they're going to dominate Montana. You can put those five out there and know that Washington will win this game. And and it's one of the best in the country. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is uh, you took a, you took a big dude in Ulamu and you replaced him with an even bigger guy in, in right. Julius, right. you know, Julius is a brick house, man. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, we talk about this all the time. The most incredible thing about these big dudes. I mean, these guys are big compared to other school offensive right. line, but their ability 
to move and their agility is really impressive. And yeah. there's something that they're drinking in the water. I mean, I wish I could find that water. Yeah. Because uh, your kid might have that water. These guys are these guys are incredible. Um, they're going to be fun to watch all year. They're going to they're going to move lines backwards. Yeah, and and they I, I heard today that they have like a one percent sack rate, which is exactly what you want. It helps. It helps that Dylan Morris is mobile. It, it absolutely does. Um, yeah. Moving on to the that that's a good offense. Um, moving on to the defensive side of the ball, we're going to start in the trenches. Obviously, having a healthy Tuli Latua Gasanoa is going to be key for this team. We've talked about that already in a podcast, previous podcast. Um, starting next to him at the tackle position is Sam Taimani. Right behind them is uh, Jacob Bandis and Fatua Tuatele. All four of those guys are going to see the field quite a bit. Yeah. Um, there's also guys that are going to be behind them that are also going to get rotated in. Um, especially in this game as their feet get wet, but those four are going to be the guys that, you know, this team is going to ride with. You know, what's, what was the biggest problem with the defensive line after, um, Zurique and Greg Gaines left? To I mean, me, the, yeah, they're getting pushed back. To me, it was fatigue. Yeah. Uh, oh, sure. Yes. Yes. You know, which is a direct result of them getting pushed back. You know, they, they're big guys, they're strong guys, but man, they got gassed and they didn't have the depth that they had had for years prior. And mm-hmm. they're getting back to that point now where they have the depth, but they still have the size and they have the skill. Uh, Sam Taimani is a big, strong kid. Yeah. I'd like to see where his, um, where, where his, fatigue level is you know if, if it's good and he can and he can keep a low base his base is what's what's really important for him if he gets stood up because he gets tired that sucks and that's going to be a bad day for us yeah totally agree and it all starts with him absolutely right um next up this is probably one of the bigger surprises that yeah. a lot of us saw coming is the outside linebacker um, this one I'm going to take with a giant grain of salt too, because you're going to see a ton of outside linebackers play, but obviously the one that's no doubt about her is Ryan Bowman starting on one side. The one that's a little bit of a shocker is Cooper McDonald is listed as the starter opposite of him. Mm-hmm. Jake, you like Cooper McDonald. We all like Cooper McDonald. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he beat out Jeremiah Martin. Uh, he beat out. Um, Savelle Smalls. Uh, Savelle Smalls. Yeah. Um, obviously if, Zion is there. It's a different conversation, but uh, you got to like what a, a walk-on like that's doing for this program. Yeah. I, I did like Cooper McDonald. I do like Cooper McDonald. I, I remember watching his highlight reel in high school and, and seeing the ability that this kid had to get to the quarterback. Um, he was really, he was really kind of thin. Um, he's obviously you know, fueled up his tank a little bit. He's gotten a lot bigger, a lot stronger. Um, obviously, they see something in him that the rest of us haven't seen. And I've heard how much he's really practiced really great. And and he gets after the quarterback just as good as he did in high school, maybe even better. It was a shock still to me to see him as the starter. Um, you have a five-star kid in Savelle Smalls that's just sitting there waiting. You know, they're they're the same grade, they're the same class, and and I thought for sure um, 
we'd see Savelle up there. I and and maybe they gave Cooper the nod for the Montana game and and maybe they'll give Savelle the nod for the for the Michigan game. You know, at this point, who knows? But you're gonna like you said, we're gonna see a steady dose of all of them. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of those spots where like, okay, you have them listed there. Like, I don't know the mind games that go into that. I know you have to put a name down there. So, you know, putting putting Cooper McDonald there is fine. Um, it's gonna get some people to talk about it. I heard I heard some people like, oh man, that does not bode well for Savelle Smalls. I'm not buying into that. Savelle Smalls is a special player. He's gonna be really impactful for this team this year and going forward. So uh, I'm all for it. Moving to the inside linebackers position. It's the same ones. It's the uh, it's Edifon Ulufugio, obviously a preseason All American, and then Jackson Sermon is still holding on to his spot. Uh, you see, Daniel Haimuli is the leader in waiting behind Edifon, who's going to be you know whenever Edifon decides to move on to the NFL, um, he has one more season. Uh, uh, Haimuli's right there, and he'd come in as a, a redshirt junior, ready to play. But right now, it's all about Edifon Ulufushio. Jackson Sermon's right there. MJ Tafisi's clipping on his heels. Yeah, I I, I really thought MJ Tafisi had a, a pretty good chance of taking over Jackson Sermon's starting spot. Sure. Um, I'm interested to see how these guys play it this week. You yeah. know, I, you know, you know what you have with Edifon. He's going to be the same guy. I, he just so much reminds me of um, uh, God, the middle linebacker that we just had. Uh, ben Burkirvin. Ben Burkirvin, just because he always is in the right place at the right time, right. making the solid tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wish we had that complimentary other middle inside linebacker. Um, right. And I don't feel like that's Jackson Sermon. Yeah, we'll see. And and if Jackson Sermon, honestly, like at this point in a win now situation, if Sermon is still a step slow and, he, and he's missing balls by a little bit, uh, I'm I'm a I'm all in on the Tafisi train. I've, I I love MJ Tafisi. Um, I love Daniel Haimuli as well. Those two really have risen to being like the next stars on this team. And I'm just wondering if if this is the year where Jackson Sermon gets taken. But we always said that about Ryan Bowman, and he's now an absolute stud. So who knows? We don't know anything. Uh, last up, we have um, the cornerbacks and safeties. Um, starting at cornerbacks, obviously the outsides, we we could have penciled these, sharpied these in last year. Trent McDuffie on one side, Kyler Gordon on the other. Um, Nickelback's going to be Buki. He's the oh, – He's the transfer from Oklahoma. Um, he's been absolutely balling out at practice, wearing the number four, looking um, just like a freak sharp. athlete. He, lo- he looks sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the video? He, he tipped it up, picked off. Got it. I'm that boy, boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that one. Um, uh, kind of the shockers that we had talked about a little bit, Cameron Fabliciano. Um, we're going to call him Cam Fab from now on. Uh he he beat out um you know Cam a lot Williams, of guys asa turner alex cook and then the other yeah. one is julius urban another guy who's super highly touted uh, i heard some people some watching people like well you know that's it doesn't bode well if cam fab comes out of nowhere and it takes that job and it's like well hold on he was a four-star uh prospect he's not he's not a walk-on 
If you're going to be yeah. worried about anything, if you're going to be worried about just looking at it like that, you have to be worried about Cooper McDonald more than you have to worry about Cam Fab because Cam Fab right. came in with the stature. So um, I love it. All you know of what? all of those guys well, came there's, in. Some, there's some players behind it. Yeah. What'd you say? I, I, all of those guys came in with with the stars. Every yeah. every one of them. It, yeah. Uh, Asa Turner came in with four stars. Four Alex stars, yes. Cook came in, I think, with four or three. He was, uh, a, Cam he, Will, he, was a, he was a receiver. Cam Will came in with three, but was started as a true freshman. Yeah. You know, said that you know he picked up the defense so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we've been waiting on Julius Irvin for three, it seems like three years now. You yeah. know, we've pretty always, much since the start of this podcast, we've known who he is. Yeah, we we've been waiting on him for a long time, and we mm-hmm. we knew that he was going to eventually start for this team, and and now is the time. Yeah. So. You yeah, know, I, I mean, obviously, one struggle, you got three that you could replace them with. Right, right. And, and whenever you're having a, a team that's uh, has Jimmy Lake, either as a coach or the head of the program, you're not going to worry about the uh, the secondary. Yeah, um, that leads us uh, last. I love the fact that punt returner right now is Trent McDuffie, because last year he was pretty electric back there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think he. I think he's going to be kind of kind of fun to watch, and I also think you're probably going to see um, maybe Giles Jackson. Back yeah, he's there. going to be your kick returner. Yeah, you know, and he's going to be kind of elusive and electric too. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, then you know, oh Henry, Peyton Henry, kicking field goals unless you know they're getting pretty deep. Then you'll see some tin horn, and then uh, our favorite race porter. Uh, taking care of the punting duties. Yeah. So I'm excited. Look, I'm excited, man. I hopefully, hopefully I don't have to see a lot of race Porter this year. Well, hopefully, well, I mean, I don't mind seeing him on the sidelines. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah. You just kick balls, man. That's, hey, you know what? He holds, he's a holder too. I'd like to see oh, him on the field true. all the time. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him running a couple more touchdowns too. I would be a huge fan of that. So <laughs> Uh, you know, Jake, I'm going to give you the last word. I'm going to spend one minute just talking about how happy I am to have a regular season back with uh, fans in the stands. Um, it really feels like some of the normalness of, of a regular calendar year is back to us. I can't believe we're back uh, playing football games again, and you and I are going to be talking on a weekly basis. So uh, thanks for doing this, friend. Yeah, man. I uh... I look forward to this every week, you know, like you mentioned before, man, sometimes life just happens. And, you know, I, I, I'm a busy guy. I put a lot on my plate and sometimes it doesn't pan out and it, it, it sucks, but uh, we're here, you know, it, albeit it's an FCS opponent, but it's football and That's we've right. all been waiting for football. So let's enjoy it. Let's take, let's take this week to, to, to breathe. Because next week is going to be a little tumultuous. We'll, we'll, I don't know. Next week's going to be awesome. It's we'll going to be good to it. be stressed again, baby. We'll, we'll talk about so, it. Hey, let's keep growing this community. Let's go ahead and uh, give us those five stars. Comment. Tell your friends about us. Um, we're going to get some new hats here pretty soon. And uh, uh, you'll be able to get some of these bad boys. Probably even better than these ones, to be honest. These are kind of old. 
So uh, yeah, hey man, share it with your friends. We can't wait to see you guys um, at games on Twitter, wherever you want to interact with us. But let us know what you think about the two deeps and what you think that's going to happen this week. So for Trevor Mueller and Jake Grant, go dogs. Go dogs.